Welcome to We Grow California with your hosts, Darcy Villery and Darcy Burke, a safe space to discuss water, agriculture, and what makes California grow. We have guests from those who just drink water to those that make water policy, all passionate about the water issues that face all Californians today. Join the conversation by liking, subscribing, sending in your questions, and submitting your request to be our guest. Let's get this conversation started. Our guest today is Assemblyman Adam Gray, who represents the 21st Assembly District. He's running for uh, Congress, and what's the new district? The uh, 13th Congressional District. And he's mostly here, like everyone else, to talk to us about water and water in the valley. And uh, I know you have a connection to agriculture. I remember hearing it on the other podcast. You want to fill us in on that part? Well, I grew up up here in Merced, California. I actually still live on the same block I grew up on. And uh, just down the street, my family had a company called Merced Dairy Supply. So uh, my grandfather started that company and they sold dairy equipment and had a kind of small family feed store. And uh, yeah, that was the the environment I grew up in. And both sides, my grandparents farm uh, on my mom's side, actually, back in North Dakota. And then where uh, I have a farm. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. My mom grew up in uh, Cooperstown, North Dakota. And, and my mother uh, grew up in Sherwood, North Dakota, and that's where my farm is. I'll be. Yeah. So, you know, we still have some family in the Midwest, and then the rest of our family farms out here uh, in the region here in Merced County. So. so now I ran into you at the Fireball Cantaloupe Roundup a week ago, uh-huh. and we chatted for a bit, and I, I thought, and we'd, we'd, we thought it'd be, have, I don't think you expected it to be this quick, but would you be interested? <laughs> we thought it'd be fun to have you on to talk about uh, the governor's uh, plan for water and just talk about your thoughts in general about water in the state and things like that. Have you been boning up as I, as I believe we said we both needed to do? Yeah, I went back, uh, you know, post our, uh, uh, discussion, went back and kind of reviewed the, the governor's, uh, plan as I thought that'd be interesting, uh, to, to uh, read up on. And, um, just like we discussed, you know, out there in Fireball, uh, you know, it's it's big on uh, goals. It's a little light on uh, substance, but you know, of course, the devil's always in the details of any public policy, right? And I will I will compliment the governor. He does. Uh, put, it is a public document that he put out that calls on an additional four million acre feet of storage, which is something I've certainly been fighting for these past ten years. Uh, but I think we got to get past the point of talking about it and really start to get some of these projects moving. So have you heard anything? Has there been a lot of uh, conversation up in Sacramento about this plan or what are the other assembly members or state senators saying about it? Because I, you know, you look at it and it, uh, like, so when are we moving on these ideas or, you know, what have you heard about it? It certainly got people's attention and people are talking. I think the part that probably garnered the most attention was that additional 4 million acre feet. Um, a lot of the other things they talk about in the plan, uh, to me, don't, they don't really help us move forward. Uh, and certainly those of us here in the ag economy and an ag community that are looking for uh, a more sustainable long-term, you know, uh, future, uh, it doesn't make any sense to have uh, discussion about, you know, the implementation of Sigma, which they highlight as a good thing. Now, as you may remember, every elected official from Bakersfield to Stockton including myself, on a bipartisan basis, Democrat and Republican together, voted against Sigma because the current uh, Sigma, as currently written, uh, is estimated to retire as much as a third 
uh, of the uh, farmland here in the San Joaquin Valley. And that's just devastating when, when you view that through the lens that we, in fact, um, produce, you know, in the neighborhood of two thirds of the country's fruits and vegetables, amongst other things. Uh, you know, that's really scary prospect to think that we would retire a third of our farmland. So, Adam, I'm going to jump in here for a minute. So one of the things is I've been in, in Waterworld for over two decades, and um, I'm going to differ and say that this plan to me looks like something that just has new graphics. So um, looking back at history, what makes this plan different from Pat Brown's, Pete Wilson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Jerry's Brown? Is it better, worse, or none of the above, or does it just have new graphics? You know, one of the things I've been talking about on the campaign trail is People, you know, during election season, they tend to get real partisan, right? And everybody's got their team and their jersey, and they say, well, my party's going to do more, or my party's going to do more. And I've reminded people that whether we've had Republican or Democratic leadership, and we've had both. I mean, as recently as 2016, uh, where the Republicans controlled, you know, the Congress and the Senate and the presidency, or, or during the Obama years when the Democrats controlled it. Uh, or going back to the George Bush years where the Republicans had full control uh, of the federal government, during none of those eras have we resolved our water issues. And we didn't resolve it when Schwarzenegger was a Republican governor, and we didn't resolve it when Jerry Brown was a Democratic governor. But, you know, having said all of that, uh, I'll applaud uh, Newsom for taking a step forward and calling on uh, storage. But again, I just want to see action. I mean, I was part of the bipartisan group that wrote and negotiated the water bond that had nearly $3 billion in storage, $2.75 billion. Yep. That money was supposed to uh, build Sites Reservoir north of Sacramento, yep. as well as uh, Temperance Flat in the Fresno area. That was the handshake agreement that we had with the governor. Again, that was a bipartisan agreement. And that hasn't happened, right? It all gets caught up in red tape and bureaucracy and this, that, uh, and the next thing. Now, I want to correct the record on the other side. Some people say, oh, well, nothing's been done. Well, that that's not true. That's factually incorrect. $1.8 billion has been spent, and we've added storage at Los Vaqueros and other, uh, I think we've added over a million acre feet of storage as a result of that water box, right? Unfortunately, none of those investments uh, help the San Joaquin Valley, and that's why we need these sites uh, and temperate spot projects amongst many other investments. I mean, I think we're... Uh, under-investing, you know, in the multi-billion dollar range. So, Adam, you know, you can build SoFi Stadium without CEQA. And we're looking at an ocean desalination project here in South Orange County, the Doheny Ocean Desal, which is environmentally sensitive and meets all of the ocean plan, and it's taken 18 years. None of this plan talks about waiving CEQA requirements to get critical water infrastructure built. As a matter of fact, it says if it's a plan that's already been proposed, it still has to go through the same process. How are you going to fix that? Well, I totally agree with you. I actually uh, considered at one point introducing legislation that would have taken the exact same uh, language used to build, you know, the LA Rams uh, new uh, stadium or the uh, Sacramento Kings uh, arena and, um, you know, I knew that wouldn't pass, but I thought it would make the point that you're making, which is that when our urban communities want to do something, uh, you know, they waive the rules. And when we want to make an investment for rural California, uh, all of a sudden the red tape standing in our way. One of my thoughts was maybe we could rename uh, Temperance Flat uh, the Bass Sports Fishing Arena. Oh, there you go. 
The striper bass sports fishing arena. Striper bass. Let's be be perfectly clear there. I and I will. I'll just agree with you a little bit. You know, we try to get uh, the Huntington Beach Ocean Desalination Project moved forward. That's urban. And Coastal Commission shot it down without any consideration, really, whatsoever. Because in my perspective, special interest groups, not environmental groups, environmental groups want to solve the problem. Special interest groups want to light their pockets. They stop projects because they can. They take that money to sue for the next project, and that's why you're looking at both ag and urban in a situation that's a no-win. We we can't survive, um, you know, 10% of the population cutting back 25% is only 2.5% of the issue. When a real drought, when you're not mismanaging our water, everybody takes a haircut, including the environment. And I don't see how this water plan addresses any of that. You know, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up uh, about the special interest because I couldn't agree more. You know, um, I've worked very closely, and I'm, I'm sure you've read about it, uh, with River Partners, which is an environmental organization. And I worked with River Partners to establish a new state park in the Modesto area. Um, I've also just recently acquired $40 million in this year's state budget uh, in partnership with River Partners uh, that they're going to be able to use to go out and do a half a dozen floodplain restoration projects. And and so for those of the folks listening, what, what they're essentially going to do is they're Stanford has developed some technology to map the um, map, the underground aquifers and look for the most optimal places to recharge the groundwater basin. And with this 40 million uh, during wet years, when we have flood years, uh, we can divert some of this water into the most optimal locations and uh, replenish our groundwater. Right. Um, it's those types of solutions. And I agree with you. I think there's plenty of environmental groups that want solutions, right? Solutions that are good for the environment, but they also recognize like river partners recognizes that we got to have a healthy economy, uh, here in the Valley. Right. So the special interests using the various bureaucracies to, uh, create red tape. And I don't know, you said we disagree on the governor's plan. I'm not sure we do. I think you and I both would agree if, if he actually builds 4 million acre feet, that'd be a good thing. Yeah, 13 uh, million I, more to go. But yes, it's a start. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think you and I would also be skeptical that that's going to get done, yep. right? Because we've seen it before. I've certainly seen it before. I mean, like I said, I was the author of the biggest water bond in California history. And that money hasn't gotten spent entirely the way I want to see it spent. Um and again, we also have to talk honestly about some of the impacts of these other policies like Sigma that could reduce, you know, as much as a third of uh, our acreage here in the Valley, not to mention, and and you just hit on a really good point that, you know, 4 million acre feet is a drop in the bucket to what we really need. There are estimates that the snowpack is going to be reduced by as much as a third in the, in the coming decades, right? And if that's true, you know, we really need to um, make at least probably a 30%, if not 40% uh, increase in our ability to store water. I think we get something like 200 million acre feet of water kind of statewide uh, from nature. And I think, I think we capture somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 80 to 100 million of that, but only 50, uh, well, under 50, it's like 45 million acre feet is done through uh, above ground storage, right? And so if you think of it through that lens, what we're talking about with 4 million acre feet is maybe uh, maybe a 10% uh, increase in our existing storage capacity. And I think what you and I agree on is it probably ought to be a 30 to 40% increase, um, which means a lot more, uh, well, it means a lot more investments. And 
I'm an A to Z guy and all of the above. People say, what's the answer to water? I say all of the above. We ought to do the groundwater recharge. We ought to do the above ground storage. We ought to uh, modernize our uh, uh, conveyance infrastructure so that we're not, you know, whether it's putting a solar panel over a canal or lining a canal, those are all positive investments. But it's got to be done so that we achieve this massive, uh, you know, 30 to 40 percent uh, increase in the overall number. And we're not even close. And, and in fact, our goals aren't even close. Yeah, I can't help but feel like the governor's hoping to make up that other 20 percent is this. If it's uh, like on page three of his plan, he has that he has the chart with all the different breakdown of the four point million acre feet. But on the graphic in the middle of it, it just says halt irrigation, halt irrigation on marginal grounds. And I'm like, who gets to decide that? Yep. And term, who decides what is considered to be marginal ground? There's no definition in this plan for what is marginal ground. And there is a billion dollars to help people pull out turf, but there's no money here to help farmers. Because all, all the different irrigation districts like have different programs and different plans for switching to drip or doing other projects that are beneficial to their districts. But it is really hit and miss across all the different districts. And so it'd be nice if there was... Uh, I'm just put in a plug, maybe let's say money there to actually help farmers convert. It is expensive to transition and difficult from furrow to, to drip. And I'm a little annoyed that there's nothing in here to help growers do that. Because I think it's far more efficient than $70,000 an acre to pull out 14,000 you know, acres of turf. It just doesn't make sense to me. And we, we argue about the benefit of turf removal, Darcy and I do. Adam, just so you know, we actually did a whole... We session episode, episode of, you know, is, is, you know, pulling out <laughs> turf, really saving water and, and helping the environment. Um, I just look at, we had a hundred million, a hundred billion dollars of, of surplus and this is the best we got yet. We're spending what, 150 billion on a train to nowhere. Of course, where I would agree or what I, where I would uh, not disagree with that comment, but just kind of make a point is that the only thing uh, conservatives and liberals seem to be agreeing on anymore uh, and I'm neither. As you guys know, I am a proud moderate, and I mm -hmm. announced it loud and wide, and I'm not afraid to tell people that. Uh, but conservatives don't like high-speed rail, and liberals don't like reservoirs, and the only thing that the two sides agree on is not building stuff. And uh, I always say that's the problem with this country. You know, this country was strong uh, economically when we invested in roads, dams, bridges, uh, energy production. Um, and I think we got to get back to it, right? And 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 of course that isn't that isn't meant to be a a defense of high speed rail. It's just simply to make a point that we got to get on the bandwagon of building projects. We got to build them on time, without all this bureaucratic red tape and on budget. That's what we got to accomplish. Because if we can start doing that, then I think uh, you know every citizen from conservative liberals can be a lot happier with uh, with what the state of California is doing. You know the Diamond Valley Lake project in Southern California, which is Metropolitan Water District of Southern California's project that was finished in the 90s, all only ratepayers paid for that. State didn't give us any money. Federal didn't give any money. We, we, we built a $2 billion reservoir under budget and on time with people getting out of our way. But we did it for ourselves, right? And so, you know, when water's a nonpartisan issue. It's not bipartisan. It's nonpartisan. When you look at the Arab world, it's the one thing Israel and the Arab nations agree on. Nobody messes with each other's water, and we're not doing a good job of making sure that it's the three-legged stool, as Pete Wilson said in a, in a speech in, in 1992, that it's ag and urban and the environment, and politics has gotten in the way, and I, I don't know if this plan helps fix that. 
I think some of it, you know, the little caveats of, of state bureaucracy still impeding projects needs to be taken out. That, that's the only way we're going to build things. Well, I think that's right. That's, you know, I joke about my, uh, my bass sports fishing arena bill, but, I, but I'm partially serious that we, we, we need to um, make that our battle cry uh, here in the San Joaquin Valley that we need to reduce the red tape and get some of these projects built, right? Because um, at the end of the day, there's no reason for us to stand against some of the other proposals, things that may not be hugely beneficial to ag or our region, but, you know, we're all for conservation. We're all for investments uh, in uh, more water-wise uh, landscaping and all of that. Uh, but what we need to do is really focus on how much infrastructure can we get built without red tape, on time, on budget. Uh, that should be our sole focus. And that's what I'm going to go to Washington uh, and work on. Same thing I worked on here, getting money for storage. Uh, now I want to work on the second part of that uh, piece, which is to really clear out the bureaucracy and get some projects built. And the federal government's going to have to step in and uh, play a significant role in that. And it's going to take both parties, right? To your point, it's a nonpartisan issue. And if we set water up to either be a win for the Republicans or a win for the Democrats, then it's just never going to get solved. That's where we are today. What we got to do is get people uh, working across the aisle together. And as you all know, that's been my history in the state. And it's what I want to take to uh, Washington, D.C. It appears to me from a distance that there's too few of those folks uh, working together uh, on basic issues uh, that should be nonpartisan. Yeah, I feel like in California, we had what I would like to call just the California delegation, where it doesn't matter what party you're in, in the federal government region. Yes, this is the thing all together, all going to, to move towards it. Because I asked myself in the plan, it says they're going to raise San Luis. And I know we've tried that with Shasta. I mean, do you feel like it's ever, and if that's even going to happen, it's 130, I'll take whatever we can get, 132,000 acre feet, but is that really actually realistic or is that actually going to happen? You know, mm-hmm. seriously, I mean, dude, is that, what do you think? I mean, I think, I, I think, I think we are uh, closing in on getting some of these existing reservoirs uh, improved and raised. Um, I mean, just here in our region, uh, we've made more progress. And this isn't me making uh, a political statement. This is just a factual statement that under the Biden administration, they've actually moved forward. Now, we haven't gotten there. We've moved forward on raising uh, San Luis, right? Um, but, you know, to uh, the point made earlier, what stands in our way continually is uh, bureaucracy and red tape and, you know, decades going by, uh, but they're moving forward. And, you know, someone recently asked me, who are you going to vote for for president? I said, well, I'm going to vote for the president to get some water storage done. So far, it's nobody. So uh, yeah. let's get uh, let, let's get somebody uh, to move these things forward. And frankly, if, if Joe Biden were to complete that, uh, that would be a positive thing. You hit on a very interesting note about the priorities of water. And I know from, I sit on a water board here in Southern California and, and serve in an urban environment. I will tell you that because we've done such a good job to deliver water, no matter what, people just expect it. And unlike ag, that you know where your water comes from and you know how important it is, not all urban water users do. Right, we're able to deliver. I'm not. I don't have the luxury of the electric utility, and I can do a blue out, right, or a rolling. You know, okay, you don't have water today, and when you look at, you know, no. But when I have no energy, I can't move water. I can't pump it. I can't move it. I can't treat it, and I can't deliver it. So 
when you look at things that are out of balance, when everybody wants to go to zero emissions and all these things, as a water utility, I need reliability. I can't, I don't take care of the environment solely. I'm responsible for public health. And with a solid water supply, a reliable water supply, I deliver public health every day. If you look at the last millennium, that was the biggest improvement in our society and our culture was disinfecting water and getting rid of waterborne diseases. So, you know, when you look at, okay, we're, we're not taking water in a holistic approach, this plan has elements that we've talked about for six decades and we still can't build. And then yet we put other handcuffs on us like energy restrictions and zero emissions and you you can't move water and you have to have solar or you have to have alternative and, and we haven't built the infrastructure to support that. I almost feel like people just give up. Like forget it. I'm I'm out. Let somebody else figure it out. What what do you what do you tell the public to to inspire them, to empower them, to weigh in on the the issues, to to make a difference and 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 why should they care? Well, I think the public uh, needs to get engaged and send a clear message uh, to our policymakers. Uh, one of the ideas I've been promoting uh, for several years now, uh, haven't built enough uh, support and energy uh, and and uh, you know money behind it, frankly, to get it off the ground. But I have an idea of putting a uh, initiative on the statewide ballot for people to speak or vote directly on that would require uh, a 30 uh, or 40 percent increase or even 50 percent increase by 2050 in uh, water supply you know a clear message just like we did on renewable energy right uh, the legislature and voters got engaged in renewable energy we have a an rps law now that i think is up to 50 percent or 60 percent uh, and and growing right and, and target dates for renewable energy people love these target dates well, let's set a target uh, for water supply because it's crucial, just like energy, it's crucial to every family, whether you're in an urban environment or rural environment. And I think a clear mandate like that would then force the legislature uh, and or the administration, the governor, regardless of which party's in control, to start to make some uh, progress, you know, once it was uh, adopted in a statewide, you know, ballot uh, to real investments and real storage on some basis. We've done it on energy, right? We set a goal and then each and every year we've made bigger and bigger investments and even even create a situation where the uh, private uh, marketplace is making big investments, right, in rural energy. Let's, let's set the tone for water, right? Because if we don't, we're going to put this entire country's food supply uh, in jeopardy, right? And we've seen with COVID, with the war in Ukraine, with the congestion uh, and problems at the ports, we've seen what can happen when uh, you know, the chain gets disrupted uh, and and products aren't available, aren't on the shelves, right? So imagine what a world looks like if a third of California agriculture goes out of production. It's going to impact the whole country. And I think we got to tell that story back east, right? Because I think too often um, California has such a big Cal uh, congressional delegation that the rest of the states kind of beat up on California and don't want to work with California and ignore California. And I think we got to make sure everyone understands that if they like going to the grocery store, uh, and picking that California produce off the shelf, uh, that we're all going to have to get engaged and be in part of the solution in uh, California water and and the West Coast, right? I mean, we talk about the Colorado River and the impact on the Western states, but I think when we did our the largest infrastructure package, I think in 
United States history, which happened this past year, mm-hmm. uh, there was something like $8 billion in that for the Western states, yep. not for California. Yep. And I think what both of you know is we could probably spend $8 billion could, in the San Joaquin Valley. Yeah. We without, could in Southern like, California, like, too, just so you know. Oh, yeah. Quickly. <laughs> So, yeah. Very fast. So we're almost out of time. Adam, we're, we're so grateful you joined us. Do you have any uh, final comments you'd like to share? Well, I'll just thank you for the opportunity to get on here and talk about my favorite subject, uh, which is water. I mean, the last 10 years in the legislature, um, I've battled with the water board over the, the Delta uh, update and the, the proposals to take water out of our community here in the San Joaquin Valley. I had passed the largest water bond. I opposed Sigma. This has been uh, my main focus uh, in public policy work. And I'm excited. I'm going to be on the ballot here November 8th for Congress. Uh, Hopefully, uh, for those of you out there listening, I can uh, earn your support in this election. But I want to go to Congress and I want to work with both parties and I want to get something uh, done practically on water because California needs it. uh, And we all got to work together to accomplish it. Uh, and the future is dire without it. So thank you uh, for the opportunity to be on and visit with your uh, listeners. And uh, I'll look forward to coming back hopefully another time and talking some more. Now that I know about the podcast, I want to you know, become a regular guest here. You're always Appreciate welcome, it. Adam. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Till next time. All right. Take care. You Bye. Too, thank you. Thank you for listening to another We Grow California episode and being a part of our community. Be sure to like, Subscribe, submit your questions and guest requests at ecwaterpack.com forward slash podcast. That's ecwaterpac.com forward slash podcast today.